I'm Holly. Um, yeah, I'm going to be a junior. I go to Millard South. Uh, woo, kinda. I, I mean, it's okay. Um, yeah, I'm in band and drama and stuff, but yeah, that's all you really need to know. Um, I just want to pray first, and then we can get started. So, um, dear God, I just want to come before you now and just um, thank you for all the things that you do for me and that you do for us. Um, we are tiny, and we are in a world of billions of people, and yet you know each of us. And I just think that's wonderful. And um, I just thank you that you love us and that your love is like a hurricane and that we will never be able to comprehend it or you. And that's kind of mind-blowing and it's kind of scary that we will never be able to know you, but that's what makes you awesome, Lord. You are so wonderful. I just want to thank you for all you do for me and for everybody in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so have you guys heard of the Make-A-Wish Foundation? Um, it's about where they grant children um, either with really bad disabilities or like terminal Ill- illnesses like cancer. They grant them a wish, and it's actually proven that their health gets better and that it impacts them for the rest of their life. Um, My cousin Sarah, she actually has cerebral palsy, and so um, it's in her hands and her legs, so she can't walk very well, and it's hard for her to do stuff, and uh, she can't even drive a car, and she already has, she's had arthritis since she's been 18 years old. So she got to do that, and Make-A-Wish was able to send her and her family to New York for a week, and she just like, they still wear their shirts, and they still have the little luggage chute cases, and it's so cute, but God has worked through her. Like, even though she is considered disabled, she's able to talk to other people and say, yeah, at one point I was mad at God, but I'm able to, like, she's able to speak to people through her disability. So God has really blessed her through that, even though sometimes it's really hard. Um, But Make-A-Wish was started by one person, um, and as it's grown, it's become more successful and has been able to uh, grant 14,000 wishes in just uh, in 2012. Um, But in a way, we should think of, like, we're the people of Make-A-Wish because we can impact the people who have terminal illnesses, and it's called sin. And we can't get over sin without Christ. And Christ is able to give us hope and show them that they can overcome it. And so you may say, well, I'm just one person. I can't really witness to people. But Paul was one person, and Elijah, David, and Peter. Like, they flipped the world upside down when they were, uh, when they were back in their times. They flipped the world upside down for God by one person. Paul was a missionary who started an unknown told um, an unknown number of churches. Peter led 3,000 people to God in one day, and that was on Pentecost. David, as a teenager like us, was able to defeat a freaking giant, okay? Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, I, that's cool. I just think it's cool. But um, Elijah was able to turn a whole nation upside down just by praying. Um, in James chapter 5, if you want to turn there, 
should be up there. Um, in five sixteen through 18, it says, To confess your trespasses to one that you may be healed. And, or, sorry. Conf- confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. So just think about that. One guy, just by praying, even though you may think that God never hears your prayer, just by praying, God helped him, and it didn't rain for three years. And that would impact the whole society, like crops and economy, and that was just by one man. And he was one man in a nation where everyone worshipped idols. But because God and the Holy Spirit threw him, he was able to flip that nation upside down and show them that Christ loves them and what, who the real God is. Most of us in a public, are in a public school, and there's a lot of kids around us. Um, we're going to spend more than 900 hours in our school system, and that's not with extracurricular activities. That's just being in class. That's 900 hours where you could be a light to someone. 900 hours where you could talk to that person in your English class or your math class about God and what he's doing in your life and sharing with them the, uh, the gospel. Because you shouldn't be going to school as a follower of Christ. You shouldn't be going to school as just another student. You should be going as a missionary because you don't have to be in a foreign country to be a missionary. Being able to go to a public school is great because you are around so many different people and who are in so many different walks of life. Especially because place isn't really a, um, the school isn't a place where the gospel is really shared anymore. And Just by you, one person, you can start a chain reaction. And if you get excited for God, I guarantee that you can get someone else excited for God. But to start something, you're going to have to be courageous. I'm not saying it's easy witnessing to people, because I don't even find it easy witnessing to people. I find this hard right now. It's, like, really uncomfortable because you're all looking at me. It's weird. (laughs) But... um, I find it hard enough to talk to my friends about it, and I know that they aren't going to be mean to me about my faith, or they're not just going to be, they're not going to make fun of me. Um, But with strangers, you don't really know how they're going to react. I mean, what if they make fun of you for the rest of the year? You know? And that's, that's scary, because you have to spend a whole night, or a whole year with them, and God encourages us to keep going. Um, Joshua 1.9 says to be strong and be of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So God is supporting us every step of our lives. Even if we don't necessarily feel like he's right beside us, he's always holding our hand. And that's one thing you can just be comforted in. My friends aren't Christians um, and sometimes it's really hard to share with them. But by having Christ in me, I could make a difference by not even saying words because sometimes they're not going to listen to me and sometimes they're not going to want to listen to me. Um, But just by having Christ live through me, I could be the image of Christ that they don't have in their lives, even when I mess up, 
because none of us are perfect. Um, but we shouldn't only witness to our friends. You know, that's good and all, but coworkers, classmates, everyone that you're involved with an activity with, everyone needs to hear the gospel. And if they reject you and give you a hard time, you should just lean on God. Because Psalm uh, or 27, 1 through 3, let me turn there. Psalm 27, 1 through 3 says, The Lord is my, the light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. And Psalm 27, 14 says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So it's not always going to be easy, and God's not always going to respond to us right away. God's not always going to let us have an easy life because being a Christian isn't easy. Sometimes we may ask, well, why are you letting these people be mean to me? Or why are you letting these people say bad things about me? But you need to wait on the Lord because that's what's going to bring you patience and that's what's going to grow you in your faith. And it takes courage to tell others about your faith. We can't just go around spewing facts about God and saying that God loves them. And yeah, God loves them. But in order to witness to someone we're going to have to become transparent. And we're going to have to open up. And that's hard because we have walls around us because that's comfortable. But being a Christian, that life isn't comfortable and it's hard. Um, but we have to mean what we are saying and be confident in what we are saying. The world and Satan are going to try and knock us down. They are going to try to get us to doubt and he, Satan is going to lie to us because he doesn't play nice. He plays dirty. And you know what? Sometimes that makes me really mad. <laughs> um, one of Satan's most powerful tools in my life personally is doubt. And whenever I start to let the, uh, doubt creep in, life just gets really hard and really sucky. Um, but I always have God on my side, and I know that no matter what I'm doubting, I'll be able to get through it. Um, we should lean on God for everything because, he is not, because it is not on our strength but God's because we will never be strong enough. When Satan is attacking us and he's going hard on our lives, we're going to have to fight with God on our side to be able to defeat him. We're not going to be able to do it on our own. Uh, James 1, 2 through 4 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So the trials in our life aren't going to be easy, but they're obviously for a reason. And they're always for the better. We may not understand why we're going through them or what they're going to accomplish in our lives, but by being patient with God, we will grow in our relationship with him. And when we grow in our relationship with him, it will be easier to witness. Um, when we... When we witness, you can believe what you say, but you also have to show it and live it. And to show that we are children of God, we need to be filled with the Spirit and live our faith. Uh, Romans 12.2 tells us, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, 
that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. We have to be transformed by God every single day. We, do, we can do that by praying and spending time with him and spending time in the word because we cannot be filled with Christ and live like him if we only get into the word on Sundays or Wednesdays or whenever our dads make us. Um, each of us needs to develop our own personal relationship with God because we cannot lean on the faith of others because it's just you and God and no one will know, be able to know your faith but you and God. We need to overflow and be on fire for God. Jeremiah was a prophet, and he overflowed with his love for God. Um, and he couldn't contain it. Jeremiah 29 says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word in my, was in my heart like a burning fire shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. So Jeremiah literally could not hold it back. Uh, hold back from sharing about God, and nothing was going to stop him. God was the priority in his life. So my question is, what is the priority in your life? Or even who is the priority in your life? Um, I know that I've been personally convicted of this question. um, Because for me, I tend to put my relationships with other people, like my friends and everything, um, I tend to put that in front of God. And I tend to put everything that I'm involved with in front of God and not make time for him. And my relationship with him has been suffering lately. Um, But I want you to think about that. Because it may be sad when you say no, but that should motivate you to get closer to God. Because I know that's motivated me to get closer to God. Um, If we shine for God and strive for him to speak through us, people are going to notice, and they will see our light in this dark world. Um, God tells us to go out and share his salvations uh, with those around us. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Matthew 28, 19 through 20 says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. With us always. I think that should comfort you, because it comforts me. And that just gets me excited. I mean, if God is on my side, no one's going to be able to take me down, even if it's hard and I feel sad sometimes. And when we hear that verse of Matthew 19 through um, 20, people usually think of it as like a missionary verse because it's saying, go out to the nations and tell everyone. But you don't have to be in China or Haiti to proclaim the good news of God. Um, You can proclaim the news to your schoolmates or in other activities that um, you are involved with because God is what gives us life. And he gives, us, he gives us life, and that gives us purpose for our life. And we should be excited about that. But how do we tell others about God? I mean, it can be socially awkward, or they could start asking questions you don't know the answer to, or they could be, you could be worried about them thinking something about you, or what if they see you mess up 
because we aren't perfect. What if they see you mess up and say, well, she's a Christian, so why is she acting like I am? And that can be hard to go through. But when you are going out and talking about the gospel, we aren't trying to convict people and we aren't trying to convert them to Christianity. We're just trying to converse. We're just trying to talk to them and just sharing it with them because whether they accept it or reject it is between you and God, or them and God, and you can't do anything to make them. You can't force someone into faith. And someone may say that they are Christian, but really, when it really comes down to it, you're never going to know because it's only between them and God, and you don't know their heart. But we can start conversation, and we can get them curious about God, and we can try and help them, and we can try and plant seeds. Um, we can try to aid them and tell them more about God when they do have questions, but don't get discouraged if they don't turn around and repent right away because they're probably not going to do that. Um, it takes time, and it takes God working in their lives. Um, and they're not rejecting you they're rejecting God. Um, but whether or not they take the word or receive it, we are being obedient to God because God tells us to go out and spread the word. And just by telling them about Christ, we're being obedient and we're being successful in our life. Um, we should be like the Talmud. Um, Talmud, back in those days, were people who chose to follow someone and for the rest of their lives, and try to live like them as close as they could for the rest of their lives. The person they followed, or chose to follow, would be called their rabbi. Um, if their rabbi locked, walked with a limp, they would too. If their rabbi spoke a certain way, or dressed a certain way, they would follow that too. If the rabbi smelled like awkward B.O., they would try, but I wouldn't want to. I'm not judging, but I don't know. Anyway, they would try to resemble their rabbi in every single way possible. And when in public, it was very obvious who their rabbi was. Uh, most rabbis were kind of popular, and so a lot of people would want to follow them. And the rabbi had to say yes or no to if he wanted them to follow them or not. Um, this, the disciples were Jesus' form of the Talmud. Now, they weren't trying to necessarily walk like him and everything, but they would learn from him, and always be observing how God acted, and, or Jesus acted, and how, um, like, learn his teachings and be able to understand. Um, they spent all their time with him, and they wanted to be as close as they could to him because Jesus was perfect. And we should be like that for God because everyone knew that who the disciples were and who they followed. So if you're in a crowd... Are people going to be able to tell that you are a follower of Christ? Because honestly, at this point in my life, the answer for me is no. Um, I know I need to work on my relationship with God and how I act, and I know I'm never going to be perfect, but I know that I'm not necessarily being the best light I could be in other people's lives. But I want you to think about that. I want you to seriously think about that, because... Your faith is more serious than you think. If you're like me, I've been saved since I was like five years old. So I always know that Jesus loves me and he saved me. And, but it's not that easy. It's not that simple. 
we're talking about eternity. And when you're sharing to someone, you could be saving them and you could be sharing the word of God with them and that person could go to heaven instead of hell because of you. This is more serious than you think. And it's hard to think about that because we're only teenagers. And that should give you motivation to follow Christ. Because if Christians can't be spotted in a crowd and you aren't thinking about how important you are and how important your faith is, what's the point? What's the point of being an undercover Christian? And people aren't going to listen to you if you're not a light. If you act like the world, I don't think some people will listen to me when I try to tell them about God. But we need to be consumed by the Spirit of God. Hebrews 12.29 says, For our God is a consuming fire. He needs to change us from the inside out before we can try and help those around us. And we will always have room to grow in our relationship with God. And we should always strive to grow more and more. When we are growing, we are always changing. And we are always getting uh, closer and closer to the Lord. But that's by your decision. Because you can choose to get closer to the Lord, or you can just choose to stop. Um, If we are consumed by God, we will be able to be a light to others. Um, And so I've got a few tips on how to share the word with others. First of all, don't be intimidated. uh, God gives us a spirit of power. 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and I've overcome them, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So we have no reason to fear, because God is always on our side. Second of all, look people in the eye. We are not meek. And don't you hate it when, like, you go to talk to someone and they're just like, hello, how are you? What if I just spoke like this the whole time? Hey, Mitch. Like, no, I, that just bugs me, okay? I'm sorry. So just look them in the eye because it will make them notice that you care about them, that you care about the conversation, and that you care about what you're speaking about. And it will also keep their attention. Third, speak to people, not at them. And that can be kind of hard because you can get excited and start rambling. Or if people are starting to attack your faith, you can start to get defensive and you can just shoot them with arrows of Christian stuff. I don't know. (laughs) Um, When sharing the gospel, it isn't you talking the whole time. It's a conversation between two people. Sometimes you don't even need to say that much. Just listening to someone and hearing what's going on in their lives can speak for itself, and that can be louder than the words you have to say. Fourth, it's kind of an obvious, but be nice. Um, We aren't trying to stuff the gospel down people's throats or get defensive if someone starts attacking us. Um, We're called to be nice and to love, which can be really hard, but... Be nice. Um, Fifth, we must become more visible in society. We need to be like the disciples and be able to be spotted in a crowd that we are Christ followers. Matthew 5, 14 through 16 says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, 
nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your God in heaven. So we need to be able to show people that we do love God and that this isn't just some religion. It's not rules. It's love, true love. And the last point, our job isn't to convict or convert. It's to simply converse. Because conversation is more powerful than you saying you're wrong or you are doing this wrong. Because people are always going to see the wrong in you like you see the wrong in them. Our goal should be to help people, not try and shoot them down. So telling others about the glory of God simply starts with one person who is passionate for God. It starts with me, and it starts with you. Go out because we are part of Christ's Make-A-Wish Foundation, giving hope to people around the world and curing of that terminal illness called sin. The Christian life isn't always going to be easy. It's not going to be unicorns and butterflies. It's going to be hard and rocky. But if we are filled with the Spirit, it's going to give us the courage and strength to be able to go out, proclaim the Word, and live the Word out in our everyday actions. Let's pray. Dear Lord, just thank you for everybody who came tonight, and um, I thank you for all the opportunities that we have to speak to other people. I pray that as we're going out into um, our schools or anything else that we're involved with, I pray that we will not be scared. I pray that every one of us will know that you are on our side and that you are always helping them. Lord, I just pray that you would give every single person in this room the words to say because I guarantee they all know someone who needs to be saved and needs you, Lord. We can't go through life without you. We need you. I need you. I can't do it on my own. You are a wonderful God. And you comfort me. And I thank you for that. Thank you for being awesome. In Jesus' name, amen.